Today we're going to create a mashup, a fun and adventurous way to make something fresh out of something stale. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So I just learned this amazing way to trick your brain and overcome fear in just five seconds. And I had to share it with you guys. Now, a lot of you guys may not know, but I'm a naturally shy person. I know, right? Me? Yep. Been that way ever since I was a kid. I get anxiety. I'm nervous to go and introduce myself to people, especially, you know, sometimes to talk to beautiful women. Yep. I'm very shy. I was scared to raise my hand in class. Basically just fearful of the things that I knew that I should do ever since childhood and it still affects me to this day. So I wish I would have learned this trick back then because I would have been more courageous, more confident. I would have done more things, tried more things, said more things that were on my heart. But here's what you do, enough talking. When you get that feeling that you want to do something, like talk to someone you're interested in, raise your hand, ask a question or, or, or ask for a raise, the longer you wait after you get that initial feeling, the more likely it is that you won't do that thing that you really want to do. Why? Because your mind starts to overthink, make excuses after excuses. Oh, what if I look stupid? What if I get rejected? But here's the hack, here's the trick. Are you ready for it? It's real quick, real easy, and it works. Once you know what you want to do, count down from five. Five, four, three, two, one. And then go and do that thing that you want to do like a rocket ship, count down, and then blast off. Sounds like the silliest thing ever, but it works. It works based on the science of metacognition, and study after study have shown its effectiveness. See, it quiets the negativity bias that we have in us. The stinking thinking, the, the, the blah blah, the worry. See, worry is a misuse of the imagination. It does nothing but drain us of our willpower. But when you focus on the countdown, you interrupt the worry, the, the, the doubts, and then you can go and do what it is you want to do. That's it. See, you're just tricking your mind. And see, this is such a great tool to help you take control of your life and start living more authentically. Use this for things like waking up in the morning, eating healthier, going to the gym, whatever positive change that you want to make in your life. This will give you the courage to finally become the truest version of yourself. How much longer are you going to say, one day I'm gonna just count down and do it. Now I didn't invent this, this comes from the amazing Mel Robbins. Uh, she has a great book called The Five Second Rule. I just finished it on Audible. Um, amazing. 
Saturday. So check it out. Check it out. Try it, guys. Let me know what you what happens, what you think, and who knows? Maybe you can change your life in just five seconds. Peace. Sounds like suicide. earthlings hurling your bodies out into the void without the slightest inkling of who or what is out here if you had known anything about the true nature of the universe anything at all you would have hidden from it in terror the inhabitants refer to it as the planet earth oh. Most people find the word apocalypse to be a terrifying concept. Checked in the dictionary, it means only revelation, although obviously it has also come to mean end of the world. As to what the end of the world means, I would say that that probably depends upon what we mean by world. I do not think 
that this means the planet or even the life forms upon the planet. I think the world is purely a construction of ideas and not just the physical structures, but the mental and ideological structures that we've erected. That is what I would call the world. Our political structures, philosophical structures, ideological frameworks, economies, these are actually imaginary things. And yet, that is the framework that we have built our entire world upon. It strikes me that a strong enough wave of information could completely overturn and destroy all of that. A sudden realisation that would change our entire perspective upon who we are and how we exist. I don't understand the philosophy behind the flat earth theory. Now with the allocation and the understanding of the lack of understanding, we enter into a new era of science in which we feel nothing more than so much so as to say that those within themselves, comparary or non-comparary, will figuratively figure into the folding of our non-understanding and our partial understanding to the networks of which we all draw our source and conclusions from. Feel not as though it is a sphere we leave on, Rather, an infinite plane which has the illusion of leading yourself back to the point of origin. <laughs> Once we understand that all the spheres in the skies are just large infinite planes, it will be plain to see. <laughs> I've got some news for you. You're going to shock you, so you better sit down. Listen very carefully. The earth is flat, gentlemen. <laughs> Why would they do this? Why are they trying to hide the fact that we are on an infinite plane uh, or on a flat earth rather than a ball? Well, if you isolate people into the idea that they're on a blue marble that's in the middle of a universe that is really insignificant, that makes most people think that we did actually come about as some sort of an accident. Now, when people believe that, their minds are much more malleable such is not the case. In magic, there is neither good nor evil. It is merely a science. The science of causing change to occur by means of one's will. The sinister reputation attaching to it is entirely groundless and is based on superstition rather than objective observation. The power of the will is something people do not understand. Attributing to it mysterious qualities which it does not possess, being merely the power of mind over matter, or in the greater number of cases, the power of mind over mind, as your mind now is succumbing to mine. For as you look into my eyes and listen to my voice, your will is leaving you, slipping away, and you are now beneath my influence. Although your eyes are open and you seem aware, you are in fact asleep. Your faculties dormant. Your ability to act and think subservient to my will. My will. My will is your... We see you coming 10,000 miles away. We are from beyond. We know that's a cartoon, your globe. We say we see it's flat and we measure it's flat. It's punking because I'm punking your globe. To the United Nations of the third planet of minor luminary Sol, called by the inhabitants thereof the Earth. Attention. Understand, Earthlings, that we look with disfavor upon your persistent efforts to depart from your own planet and infest other areas of the universe. We have therefore set up quarantine measures to ensure that this contamination shall not be allowed to spread. We shall frustrate your every attempt in the future as we have those in the past. Knowing that Earthlings are equipped with rudimentary reflex-type intelligence, we are taking this means of conveying our command that all such efforts to expand and depart from the infected planet Earth 
shall from this moment be stopped. There's a method to their madness. There's really not much method to yours. Because you're operating from a place of ignorance. And until you change that, you're going to be bumbling around, bumping into each other, saying and doing the wrong things, not understanding the nature of your en enemy. And if you don't understand the nature of your enemy and the weapons they use, you cannot fight that enemy. You can't fight the battle. You shouldn't even be on the battlefield. That's why you're losing the war. And don't tell me you're not, because I'm in a place of great knowledge about who's winning and who's losing this war. I can't be mad at you when I had all the information. I'm not asleep anymore. I'm wide awake. awake. So as far as I'm concerned, I've had enough of science. I've had enough of all those doctors and PhDs. I know what's going on here. We've been lied to, and I mean big time. Well, I met a man the other day who thought the earth was flat. I said, man, you must be crazy. Where the hell is your tinfoil hat? But he spoke with such conviction, and he believed the words he spoke. And something deep inside me knew this couldn't be a joke. But why would he believe this? And why believe such things? Because everybody knows the earth's a ball and that it spins. Well, you must be pretty crazy if you think the earth is flat. Cause we all know that it's a globe And that's a simple fact So I said, what about the photographs That NASA takes from space He gave a knowing smile And told me, man, those things are fake But what about the videos That I've seen with my two eyes What about them, he replied Have you heard of CGI? Oh, NASA's faking everything That you have ever seen and as for flying to the moon, well, they ain't never been. Indeed, my friend, their line scum is there for you to see. Just take some time, look into it, and the truth will set you free. Well, I was kind of skeptical, but I have an open mind. And what he said was interesting, and I've got a little time. So I grabbed myself a doobie, and I started watching vids. Cause if NASA's really lying, then they're lying to my kids. And as I watched, I got angry as I learned of the deceit. The global earth deception was right there at my feet. Well, holy fish, this could be true. What if we're not on a globe? The more I learned, the more I yearned, the more I started to probe. I upturned every rock of information I could find. I started to unlock the truth, the war upon my mind. I had a thousand questions I just couldn't understand. I had to meet that man again, that flat earth man. Oh, NASA's faking everything that you have ever seen. And as for flying to the moon, well, they ain't never been. Indeed, my friend, their line scum is there for you to see. Just take some time, look into it, and the truth will set you free. Well, I caught him up that evening, and he agreed to me. He was very welcoming, and he showed me to my seat. He said, I see you've done some research, my open-minded friend. I know you'll have some questions, which we'll get to in the end. First, take a look at what's on these walls, paintings of the globe. I painted every single one of these, don't you know? You see, back in the day before computers, I was in demand. An artist painting everything I saw upon the land. Landscapes were my favorite, I was awfully good at those. Many people told me that they looked just like photos. And then one day I got a call from a real important dude. He asked me if I'd like a job and said the money's good. Well, what's the job, I asked him, then I'll wait for his reply. You'll be painting clothes for NASA, then he promptly said goodbye. Well, I was sworn to secrecy, I could not tell a soul that I just got myself a job with NASA painting globes. 
My work was published globally in every magazine To fool the people of where we live, a truly evil scheme See, we don't live on a globe, he said, the earth is truly flat I've been on the inside and I know that that's a fact Oh, NASA's faking everything that you have ever seen And as for flying to the moon, well, they ain't never been Indeed, my friend, their line scum is there for you to see Just take some time, look into it, and the truth will set you free Well, we talked until the sun came up and my mind was truly blown This man had challenged everything that I thought I thought I'd known And finally it was clear to me to why these bastards lie And finally it was clear to me about the reasons why It's all about control, you know, to get inside your head It's all about the money, too They got an awful lot of bread Fifty million dollars, man, what could you do with that? That's what NASA gets a day To hide the Earth is flat, you see If they can get you to believe that you're on a spinning ball Well, things like God and creation just make no sense at all It all exploded from nothing right with their theory of Big Bang It's true satanic mind control from the Freemasonic gang You see, it's only Freemasons that get to go to space They're the evil bastards who are lying to your face Yeah, NASA's pretty evil, man, the whole thing is such a fraud The only reason they exist is to hide a loving God Oh, NASA's faking everything that you have ever seen And as for flying to the moon, well, they ain't never been Indeed, my friend, their lying scum is there for you to see Just take some time, look into it, and the truth will set you free Yeah, NASA's pretty evil, man They're a lying scumbag Take some time, man. Look into it. I did. Now my mind is truly blown. The truth will set you free. There's a well-known trap used by hunters to catch monkeys. What they do is they take a coconut, they cut a hole inside the coconut, empty it out, they make the hole just big enough so that the open hand of the monkey can fit in the hole, but the fist cannot. They put some kind of bait, like fruit, inside the coconut to lure the monkey in. They tie the coconut to a tree and then they wait. What they found is that monkeys are greedy. The monkey sticks his little hand inside the coconut to try to pull the fruit out, but can't get it out. And when the hunter approaches, they try even harder to try to pull the fruit out, but they can't do it. And then the monkey gets captured. All that monkey had to do was open his hand, let go of the fruit, and it would have been free. But his greed blinds him. His attachment to the prize is so strong that he sacrifices his life for it. Tch, silly monkeys, right? Mm, maybe not. What is your coconut? What are you holding on to that is trapping you? And if you could just let go, you would be free. Could it be money? Could it be your ideas about happiness that you're holding tightly to? And if only you just let go, then you could truly experience happiness. Could it be your anger? If you forgave that person and let go of your judgment, then you could be free. Or maybe you have an idea in your mind of what your perfect partner looks, acts, and smells like, and that is trapping you. And if you could just let go of the idea, then you would be free to see what might be right under your nose. No matter what the attachment is, isn't it time to let go? Do not sacrifice your happiness, your peace, your life for man's version of a coconut, unless you just like being a monkey. Peace. Out there's a land the time don't command 
wanna be the first to arrive. No time for pondering why I'm wandering on while the bus is light. To the ends of the earth, would you follow? about you but when I fill out applications I never know which race box to check I know I know you're probably saying to yourself it's obvious dude you're black well I just got the my heritage DNA results back and it showed me that actually I'm 72% West African 14% British 7% West European 3% East European and 3% Finnish descent now you tell me which race box do I pick and if I pick that one, should the others get dismissed? Simply because society has created a box that limits my full heritage? See, growing up, I thought race was real. Society told me it was us versus them, them versus us, and my race must stick together and be strong. But after my DNA results, I asked myself, is race as real as I thought? After all, now pause, before some of you get upset and abrasive, let me say this, racism is very real. Who could deny such a statement? You look at housing, prison, healthcare, and education, not to mention the things I've personally faced with. 
and it is clear that there is racial discrimination. But race, my friends, is a figment of our collective imaginations. Simply a learned categorization. But if you take pride in your race, I'm not telling you to stop. I'm just saying, do you really want to define all of who you are by this tiny box? I mean, would you define the sky by a cloud? How about the ocean by a drop? Maybe a house by its curtains? No. See, there's more to your story than society's abridged version. And just as we must never judge a book by its cover, we must never judge a person by their skin because when we use my heritage DNA, we find amazing chapters hidden within. Each one co-authored by our ancestors. I say our because humankind is interconnected and intertwined like vines springing up from the roots of one tree, one family tree that goes by the name humanity.
Now, back to our show. ODD TV. Videodrome is a movie from 1983 about a guy named Max Wren who runs Civic TV, a trashy television station specializing in violent material and softcore porn. Unsatisfied with his station's current lineup, Max is on the hunt for something that isn't so soft and will break through to a new audience. One day Max is introduced to Videodrome by one of his employees named Harlan. Videodrome is a plotless television show being broadcast out of Pittsburgh, which depicts the brutal torture and eventual murder of anonymous victims in a bizarre reddish-orange chamber. Believing this to be the future of television, Max orders Harlan to begin pirating the show. Early on in the movie, we meet Professor Brian Oblivion when Max is on a talk show defending his programming choices for Civic TV. Let's watch a short clip. Professor Oblivion, do you think erotic TV shows and violent TV shows lead to desensitization, to dehumanization? The television screen has become the retina of the mind's eye. Yes. That's why I refuse to appear on television, except on television. Of course, Oblivion is not the name I was born with. That's my television name. Soon, all of us will have special names. Names designed to cause the cathode ray tube to resonate. This character here, Brian Oblivion, is based on a real professor named Marshall McLuhan, who dedicated his career and his life to all things media. He was considered a media mogul and responsible for laying the groundwork for media theory with books like The Mechanical Bride, The Gutenberg Galaxy, Understanding Media, The Extensions of Man. The medium is the massage, an inventory of effects, just to name a few. His whole ideology was that man and media do, in fact, merge, and that television becomes a part of your brain. In a sense, this guy was aware of the Matrix, and he was trying to tell people about it before anyone ever conceptualized what a Matrix could be. He doesn't say we live in a computer-generated world or anything like that, but he did know all of the implications of the technology of his time and what was to come. For instance, he also wrote a book in the 60s called The Global Village, which basically predicted the internet and a time when people are no longer social but dependent on electronic means to communicate instantaneously. And we know that Brian Oblivion is based on Marshall McLuhan because David Cronenberg admits it on the Videodrome commentary. Of course, here we're introduced to Professor Brian Oblivion, who is based very much on Marshall McLuhan, the communications guru who became quite famous in the 60s and afterwards. There are several old Marshall McLuhan interviews and lectures floating around on the web. I'll highlight a few clips for you just so you can hear some of his words for yourself. The um, ordinary child of our culture is being educated, massaged by the TV form into a state of participation in all sorts of sensuous operations that the old visual culture carefully uh, refrained from and uh, kept distant from. In the electric world, the simultaneity of information is acoustic in the form that it comes from all directions at once. You hear from all directions at once, electric information comes from all directions at once, and when information comes from all directions simultaneously, you are living in an acoustic world. Television brings the outside inside and takes the inside outside. The TV image uses the eye as an ear. With TV, the audience becomes the screen, not the camera. I'm concerned with effects of these forms on people, and they are involuntary insofar as they're unheated. Uh, you know, you, you can uh, put your finger in a buzz saw and wonder where it went because you can't see the saw. 
Uh, if you don't pay any attention to the nature of buzzsaw, you can lose uh, many fingers without even knowing where they went. Uh, we do that with media all the time. We've done it with all media up till now. So you see, it's not really hard to tell anyway. The television screen has become the retina of the mind's eye. With TV, the audience becomes the screen, not the camera. We'll get back to Brian Oblivion, a.k.a. Marshall McLuhan. For now, let's continue. In the same scene, we have a connection with, quote-unquote, the woman in the red dress. That's the character Nikki Brandt, played by Deborah Harry, the lead singer of Blondie. Like the woman in the red dress, she serves as a distraction. But don't you feel such shows contribute to a social climate of violence and sexual malaise? And do you care? Certainly I care. <laughs> I care enough, in fact, to give my viewers a, a harmless outlet for their, their fantasies and their frustrations. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a socially positive act. What about it, Nikki? Is it socially positive? Well, I think we live in overstimulated times. We crave stimulation for its own sake. We gorge ourselves on it. We always want more, whether it's tactile, emotional, or sexual. And I think that's bad. Then why did you wear that dress? That dress. It's very stimulating. I admit it. I live in a highly excited state of overstimulation. Listen, I'd really like to take you out to dinner tonight. Her and Max start hanging out together after Max asks her out on the show. And during a night of watching Videodrome with each other, Max finds out that she's a sadomasochist and that Videodrome puts her in the mood. The part that sticks out to me about this scene is when they are having sex. Max's apartment transforms into the Videodrome room, hinting that what you see on the television becomes a part of you and your reality. Max wants to know more about Videodrome and the people behind it, so he starts asking around. One of his contacts informs him that Brian Oblivion can help him find out more about Videodrome, after warning him that Videodrome is dangerous and should be avoided. Max tracks down Oblivion's office to the Cathode Ray Mission, a mission where homeless individuals are provided food, shelter, and TVs. The interesting part about this is the name of the mission, Cathode Ray. From Cathode Ray Tube, the main component for making older box-style television screens work. This is emblematic for TV being a religion. Max discovers that the mission is run by Brian Oblivion's daughter, Bianca, with the goal of helping to bring about her father's vision of a world in which television replaces every aspect of everyday life. You think a few doses of TV are going to help them? Watching TV will help patch them back into the world's mixing board. Max lets Bianca know that he wants to speak with her father, and then he leaves. Later on, he receives a videotape from Professor Oblivion. Let's have a look. The battle for the mind of North America will be fought in the video arena. The video drone. The television screen is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore, the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Therefore, whatever appears on the television screen emerges as raw experience for those who watch it. Therefore, television is reality. And reality is less than television. Max. I'm so glad you came to me. I've been through it all myself, you see. Your reality is already half video hallucination. If you're not careful, it will become total hallucination. I had a brain tumor. And I had visions. I believe the visions caused the tumor and not the reverse. Feel the visions coalesce and become flesh. Uncontrollable flesh. But when they removed the tumor, it was called Videodrome. Let's pause it right there for a second. I want to point out that in real life, Marshall McLuhan 
had a tumor in his head. It was successfully removed, but Marshall was never the same. He ended up with hypersensitive hearing and large gaps in his memory. It was said that he had to reread many of the books that he had studied early on. Anyway, let's move on with this scene. Shortly after Oblivion addresses Max, Max begins hallucinating. Nikki Brand is on the screen, and Max is uncontrollably drawn to her. Back at the mission, Bianca tells Max that these are side effects from having viewed Videodrome, which is in fact a malicious broadcast signal that causes the viewer to develop a malignant brain tumor. Her father, Brian Oblivion, helped to create it as part of his vision for the future, but when he found out that it was to be used for malicious purposes, he attempted to stop his partners, which used his own invention to kill him. In the year before his death, Oblivion recorded tens of thousands of videos, which now form the basis of his television appearances. Bianca sends Max away with a handful of videotapes to watch. As he watches one tape, holding a pistol, he scratches his stomach, where an almost vagina-like slit opens, into which his gun disappears. On the tape, Oblivion says this, There is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Max is contacted by Videodrome's producer, the Spectacular Optical Corporation an eyeglasses company that acts as a front for a NATO weapons manufacturer. The head of Spectacular Optical, Barry Convex, has been working with Harlan to get Max to broadcast Videodrome as a part of a crypto government conspiracy to morally and ideologically purge North America, giving fatal brain tumors to lowlifes fixated on extreme sex and violence. What I want to point out here is the Spectacular Optical Corporation itself. There is an actual secret society called the Great Enlightened Society of Oculists. They focus on sight as a metaphor for knowledge and we see their marks today in things like the logo for CBS, where everything you see is BS. Also hints of this secret society in movies like They Live, where special pairs of glasses help you see the truth. And also, the highly Illuminati-themed Disney cartoon Gravity Falls. The Gravity Falls Zodiac has a pair of glasses on it, and these glasses can be seen in the show in one of the rooms of the Mystery Shack. Anyway, Barry says that they chose Civic TV for the first transmission of Videodrome signal because of its sleazy content and audience. Why would anybody watch a scum show like Videodrome? Barry then produces a pulsating VHS tape and puts it in Max's stomach cavity, essentially programming Max to kill certain people. Max has become a human VCR that will play out the program. This is symbolic of the power that television has over its viewers. Max pulls the gun back out of his stomach opening and the gun integrates itself with Max's hand. Max then goes and kills his partners at Civic TV. His next program is to kill Bianca Oblivion. He breaks into the mission, but hesitates when Bianca plays him Nikki's death scene on Videodrome. She was killed on the show, along with all those other people by Spectacular Optical Corporation. A flesh gun then emerges from the TV set and shoots him. A violent deprogramming, if you will. Bianca then inserts her own tape into Max's opening. With that, she reprograms him to go after the ones responsible for creating Videodrome in its current form. She tells him he is the video word made flesh. You've become the video word made flesh. I am the video word made flesh. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. Max 
then begins to follow his new orders, killing both Harlan and Barry. Afterwards, Max takes refuge and Nikki appears to him on another television screen. As Max sits on a filthy mattress, Nikki tells him that he has weakened Videodrome, but that, in order to completely defeat it, he has to leave the old flesh. The television then shows an image of Max shooting himself in the head with his gun hand, which causes the TV set to explode human intestines and organs onto the floor. Imitating what he has just seen on TV, Max says his final words, Long live the new flesh. And then he pulls the trigger. While Videodrome is completely exaggerated science fiction, its overall message rings even truer today than it did in 1983 when it was first released. With the advent of new technologies such as the internet, mobile devices, and various social medias, we are today, more than ever, surrounded by the signals of a real-world Videodrome. Its images and message can now reach us in a variety of ways, following us anywhere we go. While not as in-your-face and extreme as the movie's version of Videodrome, today's mass media still tap into these two primal urges that are difficult for humans to ignore. Sex and violence. This is what it's all about. Materialism, superficiality, the over-sexualization of society, and the destruction of family values. The Videodrome signal that causes everything from hallucinations and brain tumors is the constant conditioning that is exerted by mass media to force the world to accept a specific worldview, which is just as fake as a hallucination. In the Illuminati's Videodrome, the masses are constantly exposed to the values that need to be accepted, the mindset that needs to be adopted, and the symbolism that needs to be embraced. From mega-rituals disguised as current events, to propaganda disguised as entertainment, TV viewers find themselves just like Max, with tapes inserted directly into them in order to program them to accept these things. Put down that iPhone or Blackberry, look up from your computer screen or video game, stop texting, emailing, chatting online. It turns out that the internet could be driving us crazy. Look, Mama, there's a blue beam projector fake alien invasion in the sky. I've been thinking on what little I know of. And I've been laughing at all that we're sure of. And I once owed on my own ego. Just 
Smells like freedom. <laughs> Smells like passion. Darkness is only the absence of light. Like loneliness is the reason we fight and fear. It's the reason we might never know what it'd be like if we, we all realize the meaning of our lives and live as if life depended on the gifts we tried to hide. Whoever told you you can't fly was afraid of heights you'd reach if you tried. You better free your mind before they illegalize thought. There's a war going on. The first casualty was truth and it's inside you. The universe is counting on our belief that faith is more powerful than fear. And in that shifting moment we'll all remember why we're here in a world where you're assassinated for having a dream and the rich spend nine billion a year to control our ideas and visions are televised so things aren't what they seem we gotta believe in a world where there's room enough for everyone to breathe Cause reality is made of seven billion thoughts Who made up their mind what's real and what's not So I stopped believing in false idols of war, greed and hate It's not worth my faith And my mind's dedicated to justice And my soul's devoted to love And love is God And God is truth And truth is you And you are me And I am everything And everything is nothing and nothing is the birthplace of creation and transformation is possible and you are proof and the most powerful tool in the hands of the oppressor is what's inside our heads and the most dangerous weapon to combat the deception lives inside our chest hold a mirror to your heart what does it reflect what will be the message of the legacy we've left? We were born right now for a reason. We can be whatever. We give ourselves the power to be. And right now, we need dream weavers, bridge builders, truth sayers, light bearers, food growers, wound healers, trailblazers, life lovers, peace makers. Give what you most deeply desire to give. Every moment you are choosing to live or you are waiting Why would a flower hesitate to open? Now is the only moment Raindrop let go Become the ocean Possibility is as wide as the space we create to hold it We were born right now for a reason The reason is up to you just think if so much is controlled by so few Imagine how much so many of us could all do When you consider this system runs off of our fuel If we stop running alone, we see just who's ruling who The game don't exist if we don't play by its rules So don't be scared of the spark in the spell of great darkness Or afraid of the light In the moment of dawning Or the height you will reach When you rise to your calling And release all your rain Call it flying or falling Let go of your wanting And give in to your longing To live free of possession And full of belonging To the intricate infinite We're all a part of the web that you own In a dream you've forgotten was the creator awakening into our conscience condensation of vapor into a droplet of water yeah. <laughs> now go find the others dot com yeah man i'll tell you what that dang old internet man you just go on there and point and click 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 it's real easy man